PM board bombs. In the healthcare system, using an amylase to look for pancreatitis is considered especially heinous. The dedicated physicians who investigate these vicious diagnostic errors are members of an elite squad known as EM board bombs. These are their stories. On a cold winter windswept night, a maintenance man is fixing the door to the entrance of the back of an apartment building. With a small alleyway behind him, the night is dark, and of course, the light that typically illuminates the lonely alley is simply flickering. He's fumbling with his lantern when he hears someone's stumbling footsteps approaching him. The burly man approaching appears chemically hampered, with ETOH riding on his ragged breath. He vomits at the foot of the building entrance and tells the doorman that an ambulance needs to be called. When the doorman slash maintenance man says, why? He says, I've got the itis. The what? The pancreatitis. Which of the following is true regarding this pathology? A. A CT abdomen pelvis helps improve mortality in severe cases. B. Amylase rises earlier than lipase. C. Lipase levels correspond with the disease prognosis. D. Patients should be NPO for a minimum of 48 hours. E. Antibiotics rarely change management. Dun dun dun. (laughs) That was great. That was great. I really like that. I hope people appreciate what we just did there. Hey, Blake, what's the correct answer? Correct answer here is going to be choice E. Antibiotics rarely change management of average pancreatitis cases. Yep, yep, yep. Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs. This was our Law & Order special edition. Uh, We're going to be continuing these themes over the next few episodes. We hope you like them. You can follow us on Twitter, EM Board Bombs, and you can find us on our website, emboardbombs.com. One of our most trafficked areas of our website now has become our awesome handout. So if you're on shift or if you want to do some teaching or you want to learn about something, you can look at our quick one to two page handouts that we have up there. A lot of folks have told me that instead of going to up to date or uh, using some of the online resources they would usually use, they're actually using EM Board Bombs handouts, which are pretty awesome. So look, we all know pancreatitis, lipase, epigastric pain, yes, or the itis, right? Um, Epigastric pain, nausea, vomiting, admit, but do we remember all the causes? Hmm. Scorpions, oh, right? Oh, man. I, you know, I remember where I was as a third-year medical student when I was being pimped on this question. Oh I, I remember what building I was in, which floor, and everyone just looked at me like, scorpions, obviously. That's the other reason. Anyways, um, do yeah. Do we really need, you know, know the stats and why amylases are worthless? Yeah, and we're going to cover that, why they're so worthless. Okay. And in fact, if you order amylases... The uh, special lipase unit, otherwise known as EM Board Bombs Division, will come hunt you down. We will. We will. We actually have a flag up within Epic for yeah. this, so they'll give us a call. Yes. Hey, what are yeah. the causes, yeah. Blake? So acute pancreatitis, 
we all know that's inflammation, destruction of pancreatic tissue, right? We're just zipping through the fast, 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 fast right? Yep. Zipping, zipping, zipping. It is typically a laboratory diagnosis, and it's a common cause of abdominal pain in the ED. You, you will see it pretty often. 75% of cases are due to gallstones and alcohol, but you have to know these other causes because they're going to keep testing you on it. So here are the causes. The mnemonic that I learned, I don't know what you learned, uh, Dr. Hussain, but the mnemonic that I learned was get smashed. All right, so the G of get smashed is gallstones, most common cause of acute pancreatitis. Really important to know. Absolutely. It's going to be number one on your list of causes, right? ETOH, alcohol, that's the second most common cause of pancreatitis. However, it is the most common cause of chronic pancreatitis. Make sure you understand the distinction. So if they're telling you a patient comes in with acute pancreatitis, gallstones is your answer by far. This is a common step yep. one, step two question, easy answer, easy question points right here. And then if they're saying, hey, they've had recurrent bouts of pancreatitis their whole life, it's alcohol. All right. Third letter of this mnemonic trauma, T, it's usually most classically handlebar trauma of any blunt trauma to the epigastrum. Kids. And this is classically in kids that are on bikes, sometimes adults with motorcycles or a steering wheel injury, who knows, or a lap belt injury if they're in a car accident. Right. The S in the mnemonic is steroids. The M is for malignancy or mumps. Obviously, malignancy is much more right. common than mumps nowadays. And cancer, pancreatic cancer is a common cause as it blocts the pancreatic ducts. The A is for autoimmune mm -hmm. disease. And uh, we're thinking lupus here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really. always have that. Are you really surprised? No. The S is for scorpions. <sighs> this is the one everyone remembers but never sees. Right. Hey, we are offering a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity here. We will pay you some serious cash money if you email yes. us with a case. Without a doubt. And by serious cash money, it might include monopoly money. Just FYI. Yes, Monopoly money. And it has to be, without a doubt, a scorpion. You have to have the scorpion, a picture of the scorpion. Correct. And it has to be on Snapchat. All right. The H is for hypertriglyceridemia. This is one that's commonly forgotten about. It, it really is. Yeah, yeah. I've seen one of these myself when I was in training. Levels are typically extremely high. Yeah. Uh, greater than 1,000. Typically, I think about this, actually, when the ultrasound is negative and there's a, not really a suspicion for alcohol. And I'm thinking, yeah. okay, I got I to gotta kind of shotgun a few more labs. As I'm getting the patient admitted, I'm just trying to help out the inpatient team. Family history is important. I Absolutely. This, but anyways, ERCP is the E of this mnemonic, and that is the complication of the procedure. And the estimates are really hard to pinpoint. Some say 2 to 15%, but that's obviously one of the many risks that can happen with ERCP. I always thought it was kind of tragic. It's like, all right, we're going to go and treat what was causing your pancreatitis, but guess what? We can also cause pancreatitis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what are the indications pancreatitis what is the complication pancreatitis <laughs> right <laughs> all right the worst part of our podcast um if you hate lists of things just you know take ignore out your headphones or yeah, airpods the, the d of this seconds. mnemonic the last letter of get smashed is drugs mm -hmm. so tetracyclines azathioprine thiazide diuretics valproate yep didanosin which is the one of the heart and RTI mm -hmm. drugs. There is many, many more drugs that we don't need to list and you don't need to memorize. I've already forgotten about Me them. Me too. Uh, I remember Valparaiso, but that's it. All right. Hey, how do these patients look like when they come in? So you usually know, uh, you know, when these folks come in because they are, it's cute, it's sudden onset, it's the central mm -hmm. abdominal pain, it's mm -hmm. mostly epigastric, you know, also in your differential, don't forget about ACS, right? So this right upper quadrant pain may occur, and again, that's more associated with gallstone disease, and you're 
their pain is going to reach kind of maximal intensity just within the first uh, few hours. It's so important. And, it, and one of the things that they'll always kind of talk about, and this is why it's really important in your history to get this, is uh, they'll describe this pain that radiates to the back. So oftentimes uh, the case where they'll just feel like it's it's piercing their back area. It's starting in the central area, piercing the back. But again, you should have a kind of a broad differential for this ACS, dissection, things like that. Uh, 90% of these patients have nausea and vomiting. And while their epigastrium is typically tender that can sometimes be an unreliable finding absolutely unreliable right? yeah um patients who have severe cases can have this scleroelectris fever tachycardia tachypnea and even hypotension you know now you're thinking more like necrotizing pancreatitis we'll get into that later though for sure the sign which um is really that important i don't know you might get asked it's that periumbilical bruising uh, you may see that that's non-specific but can be suggestive of more necrotizing pancreatitis but when it comes to, hey, Blake, anything else with presentation or diagnosis? Yeah, the only thing you mentioned, just uh, only because of test questions, people always mix up colon sign and the Gray-Turner sign. Mm. And the way I remember this, actually, uh, you're going to like this. Uh, how many words are Gray-Turner? I don't know. Two words. <laughs> I thought that was a trick question. <laughs> Gray-Turner is two words. <laughs> And how many flanks do we have? No trick questions. Oh, man. I was like, wait, huh? Where are you getting with this? Two flanks. Two flanks, Iltavat. So, Gray-Turner, two words, two flanks. So, we see Gray-Turner sign that's that's bruising in the uh, flank area. Oh, God. Colon sign is one word, so we think one belly button. <laughs> oh, man. Periumbilical bruising. So, those are how you tell the difference between those two, and they may show you a picture of the test, like, hey, what's the name of this thing? Yep. Um, you know, we'll be honest. Eponyms are getting less and less common on tests. That's yeah. probably for the better. But um, you do have to be familiar with these names that stick around. Hey, let's go over the diagnosis. Yeah, let's crush. Tell me, tell me how we, tell me how we diagnose this thing. CT, everyone, right? <sighs> you really don't need a CT. Um, really, just need the lipase. That's on CED. You know, you want to get your baseline labs, but lipase is the key thing. Don't forget to order, you know, simple things like urine uh, studies yeah. and urine pregnancy. Yeah. If it's you know, especially if you're doing more of abdominal pain workup. Sure. Um, Lipase sensitivity on that's actually really good. It's 82 to 100%. Um, it needs to be uh, more than three times the upper limit, uh, upper, you know, the upper limit elevated. Mm-hmm. It rises about, you know, more than six hours after symptom onset. So if you're seeing it's someone, pretty early. It, yeah, it is. But, you know, sometimes you're seeing these folks like just within two mm-hmm. hours or so. True. So if you see, you know, the lipase already starting to go up, um, should be a bit of a red flag. Again, you know, lipase rises earlier and lasts much longer than amylase. Uh, really shouldn't be using amylase before. So, Blake, you're going to get an amylase. I'm sure you're really, I know it's like uh, you're just jonesing to get off on this. Oh um, but it, just just tell tell the people how it is. Yeah, just tell it how it is. Hey, on this episode of uh, things that we shouldn't be ordering because they don't change management and they're a waste of time. I was mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. <laughs> so here's the deal. Amylase, it's not as specific for pancreatitis as the lipase. We all know that, right? Amylase may be normal, in fact, in like 20% of alcoholic pancreatitis cases and like 50% of hypertriglyceridemia cases. That's that's pretty a big deal. Uh, it has a short half-life as well. And in many cases, it might be missed if the presentation is delayed. The lab level will be normal again, right? So the bottom line is, why the heck are we ordering these? The lipase is a great test. We just talked about it. Uh, so if you see providers ordering them, you need to call the special lipase unit at 1-800-SCORPIO. <laughs> hey, is anybody actually ordering these, though? Like, I legit have not seen anybody order an amylase. I cannot confirm or deny that a shop in the Alabama state 
that I know of that may or may not be near me is ordering these on their oh, patients. Oh, okay. so. fair enough. Maybe. And I first heard about it when I came here, and I laughed when someone told me because I thought it was a joke. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I thought maybe this was like a five or six year old thing, but I, anyways, yeah, 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 it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. Go ahead. All right, so uh, imaging. Um, so you're getting CTs on all these folks, right? <laughs> yeah, pants game. Pants game. So no, you're not. So the run upper quadra ultrasound is actually the better bang for your buck, and it's so funny, gratifying to know that ultrasound is the better test here. So right upper quadrant ultrasound doesn't diagnose pancreatitis, but it certainly helps diagnose the most common cause of it, which is gallstones. So any patient who comes to the ED with first-time pancreatitis, which absolutely undergo a right upper quadrant ultrasound, it's a relatively cheap test. There's no radiation to it, and it can diagnose a very treatable cause of pancreatitis. In fact, I'll tell you, um, and I'm sure you can agree with me on this one. I'm just going to read your mind is that when patients come in with epigastric pain, they have no right upper quadrant pain, I still think about gallbladder disease. You know, the pain, especially with body habitus in certain patients, their epigastric pain may actually be a manifestation of, of cholecystitis. Sure. No, I think it's, it's reasonable. And I think one of the key things to know from a, just a dispo standpoint, I know my residents who are listening to this know about me and getting quick dispos, but one of the things that I think every one of my residents knows is, you know, if, if the life is really elevated, you know, it's chronic pancreatitis, I'm always just shaking my head when I see a CT scan being ordered and like running oh over to cancel that yeah. CT scan and, yes, and asking absolutely. why do we need this. Um, so oh, totally you really agree. don't need to get a CT scan uh, unless there's something abnormal about that patient's presentation. It, I'm not yep. saying it's not indicated, but I am certainly saying mm-hmm. for that chronic pancreatitis patient, um, you really should not be just reflexively ordering CT scans, especially on these folks who are getting admitted. They can always order a CT scan if the patient Absolutely. situation worsens. But uh, from again, from a dispo standpoint, you're going to have that patient in your ER for like two more hours for a test that really just is mm-hmm. not necessary. And um, um, there's great evidence actually that shows that CT scans improve clinical outcomes. Wait, there's absolutely nothing. So, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the worst part of this is that the CT scan, even if you do it in the ED, no one really knows the full damage extent, even if it's like necrotizing pancreatitis, no one knows the damage extent until greater than 72 right, hours. Right. And, you know, right. And, you know, they're, of course, surgeons, they want to handle necrotizing pancreatitis. Oh, wait, they don't. That's right. So again, you know, it's not because <laughs> sometimes the inpatient team will say, well, you know, maybe we need to get surgery. Like, wait for what? Oh for what? Like, what, what are you looking for? Um, now, again, yeah. if you have other things in your differential, you're worried about something else, sure. But um, if it's a, you know, clean clot pancreatitis, they're not tolerating, um, you know, anything by mouth, it's going to admit it. All right, let's go to management here real quick, and, and we'll knock this out. Sounds great. So just to summarize that, remember that CT, abdomen, pelvis with contrast, we don't typically mm-hmm. do them. Imaging is not required in the majority of cases. In standard cases where there are obvious symptoms, the patient is not critically ill, CT never leads to change in management. Right. Even with those that are critically ill, we still suggest holding off on CT unless you're concerned about something else going on because the full damage extent is not even seen until greater than 72 hours. That's to summarize that, all right? Right. Good. All right. So management, 85% of cases of pancreatitis is the classic acute interstitial pancreatitis. And what you do with these is pain control, nausea and vomiting control, aggressive fluid hydration, look for the underlying cause. Mm-hmm. And so it's NPO first with aggressive IV fluids, aggressive nausea medications. And it's really important that you 
hydrate these people because inadequate hydration leads to kidney injury, worsening vascular mm-hmm. leak, worsening hemoconcentration, causing ischemic pain and lactic acidosis. That's bad stuff. Hey, what fluid choice are we using? Normal swelling, just kidding. It's LR, of course. Come on. <laughs> LR, of yeah. course. Absolutely. And what's the thing that's changed? I hinted at it a minute ago. What's changed about diet stuff? Yeah, you know, again, yeah, advance that low-fat diet early on within 24 hours. Um, and, it, you know, mainly if the patient's able to eat uh, or feels that they're able to eat non-toxic appearing as well. A recovery can be, again, about three to five days. Please don't be just throwing antibiotics at these patients as well. Yes, absolutely. And that's the big thing here is that I remember I got weird looks one time when I was in the ICU on rotation. And I remember I like the pancreatitis patient was like looking great. They're texting on their phone. It was like 12 hours into their course. And they're like, can I have like some crackers? And I'm like, yeah, of course. And I remember I got chewed out <laughs> by... Uh, by one of the attendings and it was like uh what's the big deal it's assaulting <laughs> so the, the big thing here 20 percent of these patients can progress to more severe organ failure we're not going to get into too much here you can look at the handout online right on our website at em bombs just know that pancreatitis is a big deal when it does get yep. severe uh it can cause ards mm-hmm. uh and as iltafat said earlier you will need antibiotics and you're going to bring up like the nuclear warhead antibiotics you typically don't see to cover some of the intra-abdominal organisms here, but that is beyond our podcast. Let's quickly talk about prognosis because this is definitely tested on the boards, absolutely tested. Right, right. So uh, again, uh, trying to predict how bad things are going to go, we're not great with that. We really aren't. Um, no. We've got a couple of clinical scores out there that you can use. Mm-hmm. You have Ransons, you have Apache 2. They're the most common. Ransons, you know, there's some arguments that's tested on EM boards. I think it's falling out of favor personally, but... It's- True, but it definitely, definitely from my recent from my recent studying, it is absolutely on the in-service exam on Rosh Hashanah every year. Right, right. So you should you should probably know this, right? You don't have to know Apache yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. So this is, we're going to ignore Apache too. Go to, go to our website if you want to see that. All right. TLDR, uh, Ransom sucks and don't use it. Quickly. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, and we're, we aren't going to waste any more COVID-free oxygen. I completely agree with that. Yeah, you can look it up on our website and just know that there's these five factors you have to know and you have to memorize it and it's stupid and, and we don't like it at all. You know, some of the some of the biggest things that we hit here were, mm-hmm. at least to me, like when we're thinking about pancreatitis and management and, and what you'll see is... Great turner sign. <laughs> I know, right? Um, is <laughs> recognizing the number one cause for acute pancreatitis is gallstones, right? Being aggressive Absolutely. with right upper quadrant ultrasound, I think that's important. Understanding the number one cause for chronic pancreatitis is what, Dr. Briggs? Alcohol. You got it. Alcohol, right? Blame it on the alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol. Always have uh, for pancreatitis, you know, trauma, handlebar injury. Be thinking about um, that, especially if they present you with a pediatric case. They're not going to present you with. They're not going to present you with the scorpion. They really aren't. Um, you know, the diagnosis, obviously, you know, amylase is not going to have any play here. It's really going to be lipase. Mm-hmm. And when we look at, you know, imaging, we alluded to right quadrant ultrasound but ct scan is not necessary nope. for acute pancreatitis it's really not most of these patients as well they're being treated with aggressive iv fluids and npo initially but then you're also if they're looking better and their clinical situation is looking better um, you're advancing a diet on them as well and antibiotics do not have a role here in the acute setting unless you know you're getting into necrotizing and other things but again we're talking about the acute setting that patient presenting to you right away in the er um, and overall prognosis, go to our handout. You'll see Ransom's criteria. Don't even worry about Apache 2. Um, but Ransom's, you should know a couple key things there. Blake? Unfortunately. 
Hey, that's another bomb delivered. That is. Remember, you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at EMBoardBombs. We're also on Instagram at EMBoardBombs. You can drop us an Apple review as well. Please, please, please drop Apple reviews. If that's our one wish entering 2021, please drop some Apple reviews. The reviews really help us. We'd really appreciate it. If it's a particular topic you want, let us know in the review. Hey, I'm excited for the new year, not only because 2020 was just one of those years, but um, we got some exciting things planned for 2021 for Ian Borbombs, and uh, we're going to talk about it later, but we're just going to leave a teaser right now and say it's going to be an awesome year for us. Yeah, no, we've got a really, really special thing that we're going to be launching next year. We're mm-hmm. hoping by January, February sometime, so yes, it's going to be super huge. special. It's going to be huge. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> It's going to be awesome, and we're really excited to bring it to you. Iltfa and I have been absolutely loving the ride so far. We've been yeah. doing with the import bombs, and we're incredibly excited to bring you some awesome content next year. We had greater than 25,000 visitors to our website last year. That's very amazing. And the crazy thing is that our traffic keeps increasing by 20, yeah. 30%. We keep like growing. Month, which is pretty keep awesome. Growing. So we really appreciate it. And again, we appreciate you guys still you know, dropping Apple reviews and just being with us through this ride. And um, we've got a really special, special content. Uh, we're going to be the, f- I guess we can drop a little bit. We're going to be the first to do something Ooh. in the board study. Realm. We're doing oh, something that good. no one has ever done. We're pioneers. We're pioneers. Unless somebody beats us to it by January, February. <laughs> but we are. We are going to be entering uncharted territory uh, when we launch this new thing. All right. We'll see you next time for the action. Hey, happy new year. And uh, you'll be listening to this in 2021. Thanks again for subscribing. Thanks again for supporting us. Bye. Thank you.